Hey guys, welcome back. BDC Care here. We're back with another one of our weekly Q&A videos. This is season nine, episode 15. Now I say Q&A videos, uh, but this exists both as a YouTube video and as a podcast. And whichever one you're on now, if you're trying to find the other one, you need to go outside your, your home right now there should be a man in a red suit somewhere. He's not, he's within like 10 kilometers of your house. He's not necessarily close to you, but you need to go find him and then whisper uh, Archimedes into his ear and he'll, he'll take you to the other format. So if you're on one now, you, you're, that's good. You're there. But if you want to find the other one, you're going to have a hard time. You're going to really have to track somebody down. There's a whole process. He's going to take you on an adventure. He's got like a couple riddles for you and all that. Uh, so, you know, maybe just keep, keep going on the, on the format that you're currently on. Cause it's, in my opinion, it's more more trouble than it's worth to find us on the other one. I have no words. <laughs> I'm I would, I'm bereft of words. That's okay. it. well, that's it. Uh, so, did you have any comments about uh, the, what we're going to be watching on the video? I, I this do week? actually. So, which is going to be a real shame for anybody who's on the podcast version because you're real. You're not going to be able to see it. But I just want to at least make the comment. So, this week's fights are going to highlight both the challenge character this week, who are Donna Justice Superman. And the multiplayer character Reverse Flash. And one thing I'd mentioned, I think, in our recap of last week was if you use Claw of Horus with Don of Justice Superman, does the gear shattering effect of his passive stack with the gear? And it's hard to prove it. And I actually got footage this week when I had the uh, both Reverse Flash and Don of Justice Superman on the same team, but that's not what matters, is that we're facing Raven. I checked ahead of time. She's got three pieces of the full set of the fourth world gear mm-hmm. set and one special one shattered two pieces. And you know how I know that? Cause she didn't have a revive anymore. Right. And there was two separate animations. There's the first shatter at the beginning of the special one and the second shatter as he finishes. Cause he's one of the Superman that has more than one hit. Mm-hmm. So it's that whole punch and then like an uppercut. So you saw both the animation of it and the effect right. of it. And so she lost her revive. And what's funny is it used to be that Revive, it wouldn't have been as obvious because Revive used to, when it was overpowered, Revive used to happen with all three pieces and Heal was with two. So they reversed it because even though it's counterintuitive, healing at that point was way more powerful because you could heal yourself out of anything. So you only need two gear slots for it. Mm-hmm. And you could use your third gear slot for doing something else and you just keep on healing and healing and it would make fights drag on like crazy. So if I can time it right, maybe this is about, what, about the three minute mark. Maybe I'll, I'll pull that video or that clip at the beginning so you can really see it. And it's, um, yeah, I didn't think I'd have an answer, but we Getting do. fancy with it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So there we go. Uh, and our first question this week or comment, I guess, comes from Cameron 107, uh, responding to us talking last week about how the injustice community seems relatively non-toxic compared to uh, just the way that a lot of the internet has like a small proportion of any sort of large group that seems to just suck for lack of a better word um and they say i've thought a lot about why this is most gaming communities i frequent tend to be pretty toxic but injustice seems to be the exception part of the reason is obviously because there's not too many people but i think the biggest thing is low expectations of the game i'm always shocked to see how entitled most gaming communities tend to be in regards to expecting frequent updates free stuff regularly no bugs or glitches and also expecting the game to be completely free to play If any of these things don't happen, then the devs must be incompetent, money-hungry, lazy, or they must not care about the player base, and quote, my grandma could make a better game than this, etc. 
Mm. With Injustice, our expectations are so ridiculously low because we're surprised the game hasn't been completely killed off yet. They released an update a few months ago for minor bug fixes and we got excited. The sad reality is that if the game were more popular, we would probably be just as entitled and toxic <laughs> as other fan bases, which I think, That's a good I think this line. is a great comment. Yeah, it, it really takes you on a journey. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and it yeah. goes, yeah. Plot twist. Um, and I think that is a good point because I think there was sort of when the game was bigger, there was a higher proportion of people who were doing uh, kind of crappy stuff, mm. honestly. Um, and yeah, I think community management also is so huge. I think that's one of the things that I've learned is that when left to your their own devices, the internet will frequently become a terrible place. Um, mm. But when you have sort of the right starting place uh, for a community... And especially when there's somebody sort of not necessarily even imposing their values, but somebody modeling uh, values uh, who helps create a community. It can be really good. So, for example, um, Celeste. Celeste has a really wonderful community. Do you, are you aware of this game at all? I don't know Celeste. So Celeste is a platformer made by uh, this game developer named Maddie Thorson. Right. And what's really cool is it's a really wonderful game. Um, it's going to be, I'm going to give light spoilers for the plot of Celeste, but it's really a game about the platforming. And it's one of those games where, uh, what is great about it is the heart in it. The story is sort of centered around the heart and the, the emotions more than the specific plot. Cause it's about this, um, girl climbing a mountain mm -hmm. and it's pixel art and she goes up and she, when you say pixel art, you mean like, like 16 bit or something? Yeah. Like, like, like low squares. poly. Yeah. Okay. Um, and she's climbing a mountain, and along the way, she meets these people who, you know, either help her or uh, give her challenges in her journey. Right. Uh, and it is a game about sort of summiting and overcoming difficulty. And it's also a game about sort of like depression and anxiety. And it's also kind of accidentally a little bit a game about being trans, um, because the developer was sort of going through the process of understanding mm. herself throughout it. And it wasn't explicit, and it was uh, something that sort of almost got stumbled into because the game reflected the person making it, right? right. The the main creative force behind it. Uh, and then it was made oh. explicit in the future DLC. And so it's this really... It's a huge amount of fun to play. It's really cool. It's re It feels really heartfelt. It's I, I have a hard time saying anything bad about the game. And the really cool thing is it's tough as nails. It's brutal. It's really mm. hard. Mm. But the, it also has one of the most forgiving and interesting accessibility systems uh, where you can slow down time to a certain percent. You can make it so that it's impossible for you to die. You can make it so that you have infinite, like, essentially boosts in the air. So it lets you customize the difficulty in a way where maybe if it's just a little bit too twitchy for you, right, a little bit too reflex heavy, mm -hmm. you can turn it down to 50% or 40% speed in like 10% increments and make it uh, more deliberate and easier right. for you to play. And I, it's a wonderful touch on a genre uh, like hard platformers and hard video games in general that has often prided itself on sort of having one difficulty and that being the only way to go. And appealing to the twitchy people. And well, and just saying this is what's important to it. We have to do it this way. Right. It's kind of like, you know, I love Dark Souls and I love the Dark Souls series, right. but only ever one difficulty and they go, the difficulty is part of it. And Celeste uh, takes all that and says the difficulty is an important part of it. And when you go to turn the assist mode on, they go, you know, you're supposed to, uh, 
die a lot and you're supposed to have a little bit of trouble in the game this is the way that it's meant to be played that being said i want you to be able to experience this game however you want so here you go and so it gives you that sort of little message to say don't feel bad but also it's accessibility if it's it's hard that doesn't mean you're not good it's supposed to be hard but that being said you know go through the game the way you want and i that's like just every single part of the game feels really considerate well, and kind yeah. and cool like that. And that has a wonderful community, which I've seen very little toxicity from. And I think part of it is the way that it's such a... It would be such a hard product to care about and then also find toxicity in your heart right. for right. Uh, without being really sort of antithetical it's to what it's about. selected out the people. Yeah. Right, right. Um that's you know what it, it resonates with me. There's this. There used to be that saying. Some people would use it as an excuse where, if some parents I remember seeing would be if their kids told them something wasn't fair, and the, their excuse was life isn't fair. Mm-hmm. And it seems like that should be the exact opposite because if if life isn't fair, then what we should be doing is actually actively trying to improve it. Yeah. And the other thing that you were talking about, what made me, what you made me think of when you were talking with Celeste was people have said exactly the same thing about the matrix mm. and it's been on my mind because I've been meaning to watch matrix resurrections and I've been sort of a little hesitant because I, mm-hmm. I see all these kind of reviews that compare it unfavorably to the mm-hmm. other ones. But part of me thinks, yeah, a lot of people who really don't like it though are kind of dicks. <laughs> Maybe. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like it, I think part of it is that matrix, any matrix movie after matrix can't be as good only because you can really only do that once. And if you're going to yeah. continue the series, the only way it's successful is you do something different. And they don't really. I mean, they're mm-hmm. still working within the limitations of the bigger storyline. Because if it's not, then it's no longer The Matrix, really, mm-hmm. right? Because there's that, that... To me, The Matrix, a lot of it relied on the visual aesthetic, mm-hmm. the special effects, and the, the, that surprise of both the plot, but also what they decided to do with the visual effects. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that you could actually do... It would have been hard. I mean, in retrospect, they didn't, but it would have been hard to do something completely different. Yeah. To make it fresh and make it new. And that freshness was what, what I think made the original Matrix movie so good. But yeah, I do want to see it. It's hard to, it's hard to go back to sort of that same well a second time. Yeah. You need a really compelling reason. What that reminds me of is another really, really wonderful piece of media, Fleabag. Oh my God. Fleabag was such a good show. And I would argue that it had a better second season. Right. Uh, and it had a better second season, uh, because the creator, oh, her name is escaping me right now. Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Yeah. Is it Bridge or is it Bridges? Bridges. I don't know. We could look it up, but it would be too clickety um, clackety on her keyboard. But yeah, where she was, she did one season, she had her thing. It was an Edinburgh Fringe Festival, like one woman play, I believe. Right. 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 That was adapted for TV. And then she said, okay, that's it. I'm done. Uh, unless I have a really good idea. And then she had a really good idea and came back. And I, I, there's, I have, there's a special place in my heart for stuff where they know exactly when to end it. Yep. Um, and she knew where to end it and then she knew how to bring it back and she managed to do, uh, something really, really good the second time. She managed to right. go back to the same thing, but it w- wasn't because she did the same thing again. It was because she had a compelling twist. Right. Yeah. She had a, a spin that made it fresh and new again and gave right. her I'm, a new place to go with it. I need to watch that again. Yeah. I, I remember it's been a while. The, the cool thing about me is as I get older, but probably when I was younger too, I don't remember the details much. I remember how I felt about mm. it. I, m- I remember watching it and thinking, holy crap, this is brilliant. 
Yeah. Well, because that's the, the interesting thing is that I had a friend watch it recently mm-hmm. and they weren't really that sucked in by season one. They said season one was all right. Right. And I remember enjoying season one, but it was a while ago. So I was like, oh man, that sucks. And I was like, I, but I remember loving the show so much. And then they watched season two and they said, oh my God, season two was good. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's, that's impressive because I think Fleabag did something uh, with season one. Right. Right. But for it to go back and then do something with season two that, you know, it, it's the gimmick, but then it's right. made just that much better. I think I, is impressive. I think this is this it, not to artificially try to pull this back into injustice, but I think this is one of those things that happens when people talk about injustice one and justice two and the possibility of injustice three is that we have a it, question later. Well, actually, yeah, about- but it relies in like the, the, when you extend a franchise it's not always extending the same stuff, right? You want to pull in the things that made people like it in the first place. Mm-hmm. But if you pull in too much of it and it's too much of the same thing, people get tired of it. Mm-hmm. And so they, you take something that they liked, you give them more of it. And some people will be happy with that. Yeah. And some people will be frustrated because they could have just, they would have been just as happy with what they'd originally had, I guess. And then there's still another small group that don't care what it is because they just get to revisit these characters and they're still yeah. happy with it. But it becomes sort of the, the size of the audience becomes more fractured and it has less of the same kind of appeal yeah. that it had originally. Well, that's one of the criticisms of games today, right? Is that uh, the way that we value and think about games as their size and their scope and the amount of value the amount of time you can get out of them right. uh, has made a lot of people make experiences, which would have been a lot better as like a tight six hours right. and then try to stretch it out to a 20 hours to give you more of the same. Right. Like that's one of the things, one of the biggest things I've heard about the doom series, the new uh, reboots mm-hmm. is that they're great, but a lot of people get bored by the end of them just because they're, they've got a lot of inherent fun in them. Uh, it's inherently fun to play, right. but there's not enough changing from section to section to section to push people through it. And right. it's, I found myself having a really hard time going back and replaying those games. I love right. them. And for me, I, uh, there was enough for me to push through and beat both of those games. Right. I didn't fall off partway through like a lot of people have said they have, but then I have never really been able to go back to them properly because I feel right. like I've just done it. Right. I just feel like I've done it before and they're, the levels are similar enough to each other that I don't feel like, I feel like I play a little bit of it and then I get a sense of what it is and then I'm like, okay, yeah, I remember this and right. I already did right. all of it. Right. Which is why I think some there's some content, and I, I, I hate using the word content because it feels so catchy and so um, slangy of the time. Yeah. And that kind of, you know, you know what I mean? Like the hip hipster kind of talk. Yeah. But it's true because there's, it covers, we're talking about books, we're talking about TV shows, movies, whatever. The content in games, mm-hmm. the content that rewards you for coming mm-hmm. back to it. Yeah. That's the best kind where there's layers of it and where you can enjoy it even more the next time you watch it, the next mm. time you play it, or the next time you listen to it. I love that. Yeah. And so when I find a book that's particularly like that where I can come back to it and it, it, it's so rich. Yeah. Those are classics. Mm-hmm. I had um one of my friends has recently reread Name of the Wind mm. series mm. and what he does with it is he highlights passages that he thinks are foreshadowing for right. uh, that might get paid off in book three in some way. Right. And so he, he's gone through it. And that Name of the Wind is a good example of that type of 
media, right? Where you can go through it and there's a lot of stuff that you can really sink your teeth into if you want to. Right, right, there's right. a lot of stuff being laid down there. And there's a lot of plates in the air. And a lot of them do actually come down in one way or another, you know, already just within the two books, right? But, right. you know, hopefully even more so within the, the last one. But... No, sorry, no, 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 it's just that it's a perfect illustration. So for me, as a reader who normally doesn't remember details, Naomi Lewin is a perfect example where there's so much um, emotional heft to some of the, the storylines yeah. that when they tie together and pay off at the same time, I'm thinking specifically of that scene. I know the one that the you're tavern. talking about. I still remember details of that where I, I don't remember many other details of that book, never mind other books or whatever. Yeah. You will forget that you've seen a whole movie. Right. We'll have watched a movie together. Yes. And I'll say, you saw this movie, and you go, I don't remember that. And I go, it's the one where, and then I give you a brief summary of the plot, and then you go, no, 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 that doesn't sound familiar at all to me. <laughs> and I go, I know you watched it with me, right. but you still remember a specific scene. Oh, those moments. Uh, and you've brought it up to me multiple times, like, almost entirely unprompted. Just when we're talking about other, like, cool moments in a show, right. you'd be like, oh, right. you know what that reminds me of. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know who does that really well? is Guy Gavriel Kay. Mm. So he's a Canadian fantasist. It's sort of, you know, loosely kind of historical fantasy based on real historical times, but with enough of the serial numbers sort of rubbed out so that you don't, it's not exactly it. And he puts magical elements I think it's into filed it. off. Filed off, rubbed out. Yeah, okay. So, sorry. <laughs> um, but what's cool is he has lots of these moments in his books, in every one of his books where he builds up to it, there's yeah. all these tendrils that sort of come together in these moments and it pays off in such a big way. Yeah. I see. I feel that same way. Like another thing like that is um, like there's certain things that are happening in Ted Lasso. We're almost done. We've got one episode yeah. left in the second season to watch and where there's like an emotional weight to some of these uh, moments that wouldn't exist if you hadn't built up to it from the previous season, mm. most of the two seasons. Yeah. I just think Sherlock Holmes, the third season, the one with the Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah. Same kind of stuff. I, I really love when, so talking more about sequels and series and stuff, right? Where instead of just doing more of the same thing, they do something a little bit different, like something different to say. And then for what you've invested in it, they make it pay off. I love stuff like that. Yeah. And I think it's really hard. I think part of oh, the yeah. problem is that that's like, I, I don't know how people do it. Cause I would never be able to write that, you know, yeah. I would never be able to craft that, but yeah, it's cool. Um, anyways, I talked a lot about other random media. We've got off on a tangent as oh. usual, I guess to go back to the original thing. Oh yeah. Do, some... do we, you have more thoughts? Oh, sure. Okay. So when we, you were talking about how it's the, the, when you've got smaller, uh, fan base yeah. and this is a good example. So I don't, it's not even just that we would become, although it's funny to think of it like that, that if we were part of a, if Injustice were bigger and we were still doing this, mm -hmm. that we would be more demanding and toxic and um, <laughs> That every entitled. person has individuals. Would be no, yeah, toxic. but it's funny. What what it, I see it as is that when you've got a smaller group, there's I, I feel there's another two factors at work. So all these things I totally agree with Cameron, but yeah. the, there's other another two factors at work is that when you've got a lot of people, even though the really awful people the toxic people the people that make it unpleasant yeah have a very large outsized voice it is outsized there's small number of people so when you have a much larger group you're more likely to run into one of these people yeah. so in a small group it just happens less but also in a small group even if it happens people in a smaller community people are more accountable yeah 
right? So when you've got a really large community, you, you have a place to hide. You can walk away from one place and, you know, people don't know you and you can sort of start your new stuff somewhere else or you get a chance to start yeah. over or you get to pretend it was never you, right? But in a small group, you get to gatekeep for the greater good. I don't even know if it's gatekeeping. <laughs> it's that... Um, Take me full out. <laughs> it's that people don't get to walk away from bad behavior mm. the same way where you can just, without making amends in any way you can just pretend it never happened and then just start over with another place in that community Mm -hmm. and sort of maybe restart or reinvent yourself and i think because it's such a small group that you know it's harder to hide bad behavior that's true yeah maybe that's it that's what i'm getting at so anyways, yeah, I'm, I'm happy with uh, the injustice community in general and also the, the people who hang out with us specifically. I think we've got a pretty decent crew. And hopefully, for whatever small part we play in steering the ship, I wouldn't say in the broader injustice community, but just for the people who watch us, right. uh, hopefully right. any spaces that we ever have the the honor of helping to curate a little bit, uh, yeah. we encourage to not be toxic. I, I talked about Discord before, right? right? And how I understood Discord as this place of toxicity. And I've um, heard about people, like, secondhand, like, getting in trouble or whatever for somebody saying something offensive on, like, a Discord server that right. this person was, like, um, organizing. And then, you know, it feels like an implicit endorsement. Right. And so, and I know that Discord can sort of run into those issues. And I feel really grateful for my friends because uh, I'm thinking of a specific example. I have a friend who's a lot more sort of into Discord in that ecosystem than I am. And so when we do servers, he's the person who tends to manage them. Right. And we had a server with pronouns and somebody did joking pronouns. And he said, yeah, okay. Uh, he like added them. Right, they just joined the server. They were somebody right. like a mutual. It was for playing games, and he added them and said, "Hey, fix your pronouns." Uh, and the person was like, "Oh, ha, ha, I did something non-committal." He's like, "No, actually, fix your pronouns, or I'm, I'm going to kick you out now." And so I hear those stories about people going like, "Oh, well, you can't really be like responsible for what you know people say, like it, just because it's your server, right? Whatever." Uh, and then I think of my uh, my friend who not only can moderate that but does it and then we'll say no you're gone and just like that's what don't be a dick or that's it right uh and i think uh i i i respected him a lot for that and that's the kind of uh space management that i would aspire to do if i ever did any myself i don't think we do very much of that ourselves Right. right right uh other than maybe like you know blocking certain like profanity or like slurs and or like comments right uh but I think that's that's the good stuff right there. Okay. So that made me think of something else that I just refreshed my memory recently oh. about, no, just managing community yeah. and setting boundaries and figuring out where to set the boundaries. Because I think there's a real danger when you've grown up in a, in a world or where your world has been, where you've been rejected from things. The tendency is to try to be as inclusive as possible. Yeah. And that some of what is required of managing community is to specifically exclude elements that are going to poison the thing that you're trying to create, and it can happen before you even realize it. Mm. So there's uh, somebody on Twitter whose handle is at I am Rage Sparkle, and this I love this story. Okay, so it's just a series of tweets. Do you mind if I read it a little bit? This is yeah. performance. This is like <laughs> I'm performing some tweets. Mm-hmm. I was at a shitty crust punk bar once getting an after work beer. One of those holes where the bartenders clearly hate you. So the bartender and I were ignoring one another when someone sits next to me and he immediately says, no, get out. And the dude next to me says, hey, 
I'm not doing anything. I'm a paying customer. And the bartender reaches under the counter for a bat or something and says, out now. And the dude leaves, kind of yelling. And he was dressed in punk uniform, I noticed. Anyway, I asked what that was about. And the bartender was like, you didn't see his vest, but it was all Nazi crap, iron crosses and stuff. You get to recognize them. And I was like, oh, okay. And he continues, you have to nip it in the bud immediately. These guys come in and it's always a nice, polite one. And you serve them because you don't want to cause a scene. And then they become a regular. And after a while, they bring a friend. And that dude is cool too. And then they bring friends. And the friends bring friends. And they stop being cool. And then you realize, oh crap, this is a Nazi bar now. And it's too late because they're entrenched. And if you try to kick them out, they cause a problem. So you have to shut them down. And I was like, oh, damn. And he said, yeah, you have to ignore the reasonable arguments because their end goal is to be terrible, awful people. And then he went back to ignoring me. But I haven't forgotten that at all. Okay. That's a, that's I love a that story. solid series of tweets. Yeah. <laughs> I love that story. And it makes, again, it's, this is the whole, I, I think of that every time uh, you talk about trying to create a community mm-hmm. and how, um, you know, it's not really, it's superficially only a good argument to say, well, if you, how can you really be inclusive if you're trying to exclude people? I think there's still something to be said for specifically excluding elements that are really anti-community. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's, that's absolutely fair. Okay. So that's, that's a, I think a good button for that. Yeah. Uh, our community is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So thanks. Thanks to the injustice mobile community in general, but also the folks who watch us. We, yeah. We think it's pretty cool over here. And it's a great game, too. Yeah. I still have to say, I mean, I, everything else game. being said, if if I couldn't keep on playing it, like I have for I don't know how many years and play it pretty regularly, yeah, th- this still th- it still wouldn't be a go. I mean, they're all, it's, it's necessary, but not sufficient. Mm-hmm. Right. So our next comment, and I don't think we're going to touch on this for very long, but random user AKC says, I finally learned how to find you. Uh, and I think that was in response to us last week giving clear instructions at the beginning of our video on how to find us. And if you were if you were happy last week, you're you must be dismayed this week because it's gotten a lot worse. So this is hilarious. I, the, the, my problem sometimes is I feel so, I'm so disconnected from like uh, it drops out of my head content. Mm-hmm. We we have these Q and A's. You don't I listen forget, to me. I don't listen. Well, I listen to you, but I don't remember all the details. I just remember we had a nice conversation, and yeah. then I see this comment, and I don't make the connection. And it wasn't until you pointed it out that I realized, oh yeah, that. That is what we talked about. And that's funny. It, yeah, I don't. That's actually funny response. Yeah, that's yeah. one of the funny things. So I, we're just plugging other stuff this week. We're talking about a lot of other media that but we. That's think our is good. joy. I. That's what I wanted to do originally with this channel. Actually, yeah. but um, I love my Bim Bam right and the Macroy brothers. Right, right. And that's one of the things that they've talked about a couple of times in different episodes of their podcast. And I'm sure I remember this better than they do because that's their whole joke is that people will go back and tweet things at them. And yeah. they'll go, oh, that's pretty funny. And then they'll realize that they're quoting one of them from an episode. Right. <laughs> and that the the jokes, that people ha- will have their, like, favorite joke from one of their episodes. Right. And they'll have no recollection whatsoever of saying it. Because they do this, you know, yeah. every week for years. Right. And... <laughs> They're like, hey, those are funny guys. We should have them on our show. <laughs> yeah. But they're like on some level, like less invested, not like yeah. in the 
producing of it, right? They obviously right. care a lot about it. Right. But in each individual thing they say, they have to be. And that's sort of how we are too, right? I mean, people might hear stuff right. and might pick something up here or there. And I guess we might too. But the other thing is that outside of this podcast, we just talk to each other. So that's sometimes true. it's like, well, did we talk about this on the podcast? Did we talk about this in, you know, real life? And, yeah. you know, yeah. what did we say? And then somebody makes a response to one moment of th- this piece of media right and you have no clue what they're talking about right because they in their head they just listen to us say something right they're jumping in conversation at that moment but we're hearing it uh days later yeah and it's a response to a one-off single sentence (laughs) we said uh thankfully this was based off of a pattern at the start of our videos uh so i got it but you didn't pick up on it i did not yeah anyways so there we go. That's that's that comment, and I think we maybe have time for yeah, one I or do. two I think more. I've got on. some decent amount of footage of this week from uh, the Dawn of Justice Reverse Flash team, which turns out to be pretty good. Mm. Dawn of Justice Superman is pretty wicked fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So our next comment comes from R3S Films, and they say, "I hope I'm on your list. You guys mentioned with the questions you're interested in. I'm glad you guys are so passionate about all this stuff. You guys are the only podcast I listen to. And low key, when I'm grinding injustice, I get so much joy. Even my girlfriend listens with me. Love you guys. Thank you. So that's a really nice comment. Yeah. Uh, I should. I would say you should listen to more podcasts. There's a lot <laughs> of really good podcasts out here, and the problem is. Here's the problem with recommending other podcasts and uh, other media that's sort of similar to ours mm-hmm. is that if I recommend the right one to you, uh, you might stop listening to us. Is it you a zero sum game? Though? I don't know if it's a zero sum. It's not for me, but uh, I think there's a lot of really solid podcasts out there. Oh, I totally agree. I, there's podcasts that I know I want to listen to. Yeah. My, my issue is carving out the right kind of time because I know a lot of people listen to podcasts when they're doing stuff. Yeah. I just can't. Like, I need to pay attention to it, and mm-hmm. I have trouble listening to something where I'm focused on something else. So even when I'm driving is probably the best time. I spend it that time calling people and talking to people that I don't get to see. Yeah. And so when I actually have downtime, I'm doing stuff. Yeah, but and, a lot of times you're playing Injustice. You could probably listen to a podcast while you play Injustice. Except the Injustice is what we're talking like a the double ultimate we're talking 15 minutes at a time yeah so could i like there's an x there's one podcast called x urbe that's by joe walton and ada palmer yeah who are two science fiction writers mm-hmm. and i've listened to a few of them and they're really interesting i just have trouble finding the time to listen to them mm. yeah no it, so the 15 it minutes happens. it feels like i i get invested and i are, I'm f- going with the flow of their ideas, and if I stop it, if I don't have more than, and I don't have time to listen to the whole episode, I lose the train of it, and then when I come back to it, it's, it's nothing like I, to you. Yeah, it's I have to start listening to it from the beginning again. Yeah, huh. that's why you got to listen on uh, like 1.5 times speed. Mm. You gotta you gotta crank up the speed a little bit so that 15 minutes becomes like a cool like I don't know, uh, 17 and a half, <laughs> not 17 more than no, that. No, sorry, 30. way more than that. Yeah. Uh, so one and a half would be three over two, so two thirds. Yeah. That's math. I'm mathing right now. Anyways. So it's a ratio. <laughs> the, yeah, the important bit uh, is we appreciate that. And you you are on the list. I think we answered a question last week from right. R3S Films. And, and I'll tell you, if, if your girlfriend is listening with you and sharing something that you enjoy, either she enjoys it or if she doesn't, but she just enjoys spending time with you, that's a keeper. So there, <laughs> I think that's my relationship advice for today is that this is no, but it is important because you don't even have to have like agree with each other on the same stuff. But I think the key to long-term relationship 
often has to be that you enjoy spending time together. Because if you don't, again, it's not sufficient. Mm-hmm. I think it's necessary though, because if you don't enjoy spending time together, why are you together? Mm-hmm. So that's kind of cool. So definitely a keeper. That's fun. Okay. I think we can do a one, more? one more. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Especially since I think it's thematically related. Uh, yeah, so this one comes from Yeah Mate, and they say you guys should put timestamps in the beginning of different subjects in your videos. And broadly speaking, so first off, we're not going to do it, but I agree <laughs> with you. Oh, we should. We totally should. It's it, But it ties into the whole thing where... And we definitely, we 100% have talked about this before. Yeah. But yeah, yeah uh, we used to have somebody who put timestamps in our videos named iProfit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we've had different people sort of take up that mantle and put in timestamps at the beginning of our videos for, for here and there. And if you do that in a comment, we will pin that to the video as that top comment that everybody sees. But we just, like, like you, you said earlier, we're more invested in producing it than we are in. I mean, I just wouldn't have the patience or the time to listen through again, even to, to skim it, to, to try to find out where everything starts and stops. And we go off on so many tangents. Uh, the ways that people have traditionally done section headers is they've based it based off of the original comment and not where we go with it. Right. So they will go like, this one would be like, yeah, mate, uh, timestamps, right? And right. they'll, so they'll do the name and then they'll do some piece of information that orients people to what we talk about. And then if you're really extra with it, you can subdivide within that when we go off on a tangent and what our tangent is. Right. And so people have done that work and we really appreciate it, but it is work. And the other thing is that for somebody else who's listening, they get to maybe listen to it for the first time and then at certain moments go, oh, they're moving on and then make a note of that. I, however they did, I don't know you know, right. people's processes for what people's processes for that was, but they make a note of that. And then they comment it when they're done going through it for us, we'd have to have a conversation and then listen back to our entire conversation again. Uh, and that sounds painful, torturous. That sounds really bad. Yeah. Um, as we mentioned this a bunch of times, we, we do this for fun. We're not making, you know, minimum wage even on this, right? We wouldn't even <laughs> be making, making bank. We wouldn't be making minimum uh-huh. wage for one person on this. We do this because we, broadly speaking, like it. You know, clearly, if you look at our views, right? There's yeah. <laughs> nobody's nobody's yeah. paying us uh, enough to to do this. If we were making in an hour what we make in a month, then mm-hmm. we'd be making more than minimum wage. Yeah. But, uh, two hours we're not. <laughs> yeah. So we, we, we won't do it cause it's work, but we will sincerely appreciate anybody who does it for us. We're not asking you to do it, but you can be the change that you'd like to see. And the part of the problem is, uh, the reason why I think it takes a little bit of a special person to, um, do that is that they have to be doing it selflessly because in order to do it, the people who want it, are people who don't want to watch the whole thing, right. who want to be able to jump around right. and who go, I don't care about this topic. I want to skip to when they're done talking about it. But I also don't want to do the thing where I hammer the 10 seconds forward button or click around and try to find something randomly because right. uh, they ramble so much that it wouldn't entirely be clear if they're on a new question or not if I skip right. forward more than a minute right. anyways. Right. But the, the people who do it have to go through the whole thing and then not only that, there's that extra layer of thinking about it a little bit and how to organize the information in a way right. that's helpful to other people. Right. So you need to be thoughtful about how to organize that information. You need to be doing something for somebody else. 
uh, and not for yourself. And you also need to be doing something for somebody else who is fundamentally different from you. Because mm. for you to do it and for you to want to do it, you need to actually be motivated to watch the whole thing. Right. So it's not like, oh, yeah, this person is just like me. I wish I could, you know, skip around. Because they're not skipping around. They're they're in it for the long haul to make right. sure they're not missing it. Right. right. So I think there's a, cu- there's a lot of layers to do that. And I think whoever does that is a, is a star. They're a real gem of a person. Yeah. But I also think that, uh, you know, I wouldn't be that person if I was watching our content, right? No. Uh, I would not go through it. You know, maybe I would try it once. I would go, oh, maybe that seems like an interesting idea. But I would definitely not have the stick to keep doing it. Yeah. As hard as it is to listen to podcasts, to listen to it and then take notes while you're doing it is not me. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think it, it requires a very specific type of person that doesn't have a lot of overlap with the people who are actually asking about it, uh, which is a problem because there's, I think, a lot more people who would like it as a thing than who are willing to do it themselves. And that's maybe not uh, that surprising. That's not that shocking right. a reveal, right. but right. I think it's uh, true. So yeah, if, if somebody would like to do that, we'd, we'd appreciate it. That's very cool. But unfortunately that person will not be us maybe one day if you guys can blow this channel up and i don't even know what i mean by that there's no there's, well, we could hire somebody to do it for us <laughs> hire somebody to do it for us or if you pay me enough i'll go back through it i don't know how much uh, you won't that pay would me need enough. to be you can't pay me uh, <laughs> but if we if we really make it big if we hit the if we hit the big leagues if we start listening to uh the people who are trying to give us social media marketing tips about uh how to structure the start of our video so we don't say incorrect information maybe one day we'll get there, there you that's go. a that's a throwback to a couple weeks ago maybe more than a month ago at this point when we just yelled at a guy basically <laughs> nicely oh. a little but about his comment yeah. um but anyways so yeah there that's a <laughs> i feel like that's kind of a wimpy place to end off on it so we're not going to do anything about it but that's where we are we're we're out of time so to finish up We'd like to give a some thank yous to some folks, right? Or some shout outs, I guess. The first one is not really a thank you as much as it is just a shout out, because uh, Eliza hasn't really been doing anything for me lately to, to <laughs> warrant a thank you. But you know what? Uh, this is a shout out to Eliza, the Eliza Caton Caton. She's Eliza Caton. Uh, this shout out is brought to you by Eliza Caton. <laughs> this is like the inception of shout outs. Yeah. I was happy with this one, though. Okay. I don't know why. I, just, I like this one. Um, and we'd also like to give a huge actual thank you and a shout out to all the wonderful folks who support us on Patreon. Right. That would be Bumble Ben, Consul Peasant, and Ed Woon at the top tier last word, Cinemac and Mohammed Al Shady at the Your Message Here tier, Sean Farrell, Daniel Simonson, Aaron Mall, Michael DeVries, Brandon C., Irvin Ruiz, Eddie Dew, and Hoshi127 supporting us on the credited level, and Chris Wolf, Scarlet Danny, Awesome Gamer 2 for 1, Pavu RS, Gavin Malot, and Isfar E at the gratitude level. Thank you so much for your support, and thanks so much to all of you for watching or listening. We'll see you next time. Komoda! Komoda.